0: One of the problems of modern clinical practice and research is the sheer volume of work and material published in the literature. In pathology alone there are more than 70 journals listed by ISI and others probably exist. So if each is published monthly and carries let's say a dozen or so articles then there are probably at least 150 articles a month or well over 10,000 articles a year. And that's without considering general journals and specialist journals All of which, of course, carry some pathology in them. How can we keep up? How can we manage to stay even vaguely abreast of the literature? The matter is compounded by the fact that most journals publish material on many different areas every month. My name is Peter Hall, and I'm editor of the Journal of Pathology. And here I want to tell you about one strategy that we are using to try and help you with this problem. We decided to use the many advantages of the internet and to create virtual issues bringing together, with some annotation, a group of papers that we have published on a particular area or theme. The virtual issue is easily available from our website and, importantly, we then make all the papers and reviews to which it refers freely available for at least six months. By this means, we hope that these collections provide an accessible snapshot of an area or a field or a topic, bringing together papers and reviews that we've published in the recent past let's say the last year, or maybe two years. The very first virtual issue, or VI as we refer to them, was released a year ago on the perennially hot topic of P53. It exemplifies one way that we use VIs to highlight a specific topic. The other three that we published last year were more organ system based, breast cancer, renal disease, and then lymphoma. These are all still available. Go and find them on the journal website. The forthcoming VI in April of this year will focus not on an organ system but on a particular set of molecules, microRNAs, and we'll release the virtual issue and a podcast in relation to it in early April, just before the American Association of Cancer Research meeting in Orlando. But the first VI of 2011 highlights the area of neuropathology, in which we've published rather a lot recently. Indeed, I would point to the fact that while neuropathology was once relatively rare in our pages, we now publish quite a lot of material in this area, and we've also put a number of neuroscientists and neuropathologists on our editorial board. We hope it is an area that will grow in coverage in our pages in the future. So, what of this virtual issue? It has been compiled and annotated by Joe Martin and Sylvia Marino from Barts and the London. This particular podcast is not a full coverage of their virtual issue. But rather, highlight some of the material in it and hopefully provides you with a taster that will encourage you to download the virtual issue and the articles to which it refers. Remember, those articles will be totally free for the coming months. Joe and Sylvia began with tumours of the nervous system. Such tumours are of course heterogeneous and complex. And at the moment, therapeutic decisions are generally made on risk group assignment using clinical parameters and histological assessment of end-stage disease. Perhaps not surprisingly, such tumours are still associated with high mortality and morbidity. But it's encouraging that our understanding of the molecular pathways involving the pathogenesis of these tumours is rapidly increasing. Two papers in the journal have recently focused upon this in the context of malignant peripheral nerve sheath tumours. A really nice paper from Bruno Piccola investigated the significance of NF1 mutations in these tumours and a really nice multi-centre transatlantic collaboration investigated the role of downregulation of p53 and the subsequent loss of a particular microRNA in the progression from neurofibroma to malignant tumours. So these highlight and exemplify some of the ways in which our molecular understanding is helping develop potential strategies for intervention. In CNS tumours, it's not only in the context of high-grade glial tumours, progress is being made, but also in rarer entities such as the pilocytic astrocytomas, where genetic aberrations that activate the ERK-MAP kinase pathway have been described by a number of uh, authors, particularly in the Journal of Pathology by Tim forshu and Ruth Tatavosian, again in a transatlantic collaboration. A mechanism-specific and therefore efficient therapy for those tumours seems really a big step closer. And that area has been nicely reviewed in the journal by Judith Junken and Peter Vesseling. These papers highlight, of course, the enormous potential of new technologies to dissect disease mechanisms. And some of those very technologies have been reviewed in the pages of the journal. For example, in the annual review issue in January 2010. And this virtual issue highlights those comprehensive reviews. One of them that I particularly like it's particularly worthy of note, is by Sam Apariccio and David Huntsman from Vancouver, and has the provocative title Does Massively Parallel DNA resequencing signify the end of histopathology as we know it? I'll let you go and find out what Sam and David think the answer to this particular question might be. The increasing awareness of the interaction between genes in the control of gene expression is a really important field of research, growing rapidly. The advances in understanding the way in which these mechanisms interplay and control protein expression, particularly in the context of neurological disease, is making fast progress. A particularly important concept in this area is the idea of gene dosage and the relationship it has to phenotype and how it regulates coordinated gene expression. And a very insightful review from Rainer Vaisha and James Berkler is highlighted by this particular virtual issue. Of course, there are many puzzles that still remain, even when the genetic influences on a given disease are beginning to be understood. So, for example, in the context of neural tube defects, we know that genetic influences are important, and Andy Kopp and his colleagues have reviewed that. Uncovering the sensitivity of the central nervous system to disorders of protein regulation, for example, as seen in vanishing white matter disease, where loss of translational control occurs, or in Charcot-Marie-Tooth disease, where there are abnormalities of tRNA synthetases, and other abnormalities of microRNA function, all point to the really important issue of controlling protein levels with exquisite precision. Anne Willis and colleagues have provided a really nice, very clear review of that complicated area in the pages of the journal, and that's been highlighted by Joe and Sylvia as well. What else have Joe and Sylvia done? They've looked at issues to do with glycation and post-translational modification of proteins in neuropathology. They've touched upon the important papers that we've published in recent months on prions. And they finish off with consideration of the important process of autophagy, highlighting two excellent review articles by Kay McLeod and her colleagues from Chicago, who review both the biology and the regulation of this process, but also, really importantly, the means by which it can be accurately assayed, and she also touches upon some of the artifacts that might cause problems in that context. But I'll leave you to read about this in the virtual issue. The virtual issue concludes by posing a series of questions in relation to the commentary and annotation and the papers that have been mentioned. Now, many of you will know that the Royal College of Pathologists CPD scheme encourages personal study by the writing of reflective notes. And our virtual issue ends with a series of questions, and those are designed to act as a focus for that kind of activity. You might want to do this, and if so, you might want to use the reflective notes form that the Royal College of Pathologists uses. Links to the CPD scheme and the reflective notes can be found at the end of the virtual issue. We hope you found that this podcast, informative, and it encourages you to read the virtual issue and to access some of the papers which are commented on in it. If you have any ideas, questions or suggestions, please write to me at eicjpath at I'd love to hear from you.